Welcome to At Ease, a podcast for colored girls who fled corporate when six figures wasn't enough. Whether you decided to quietly quit, took a leap of faith, pursued your passion over a paycheck, or are building a side hustle, join me each week as we redefine success by reshaping our minds. I combine my lived experience and conversations with entrepreneurs and Black women to leverage thought work, to reconnect with our bodies, combat burnout, and build businesses. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of At Ease, and Happy New Year. I'm super excited to kick off this year with my first interview. I sat down with Amina Asante end of last year, and she shared with me about um, something she specializes in called human design. And I thought it would be really supportive to kick off the year as we just ended 2022 and start 2023. It might be helpful to have a new modality to take with us along the way. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Hi, Amina. (laughs) Hello, love. Welcome. It's good to see you. I'm so glad that you're here. So go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us who you are, what you do. Sure, absolutely. So my name is Amina, Amina Asante. I am a transformational life coach. I've been in the work and doing the things for over a decade, as well as a psychic intuitive and a specialist in a modality called human design. That is my, that's my nine to five. <laughs> yes. And I, and I'm definitely going to want to dig into human design with you. Definitely want to talk about that. Um, I think the first time I met you in person, Amina, was at Zumba convention. I yeah, think. that's true. Yeah. That's I don't remember true. what year it was. <laughs> it's a bit of a blur. But yes. it was a, quite some time ago, you were still living in Japan at the time. And so um, imagine the full circle moment when I'm on TikTok, really for like the first time ever. And I see this person I know talking about human design and I'm like, oh my goodness. And I, at the time I had just found out what human design was, had just figured out like what my I don't know, is it called a type? You're going to have to talk, tell us what exactly yeah, what human worry. design is. And I see this familiar face on TikTok talking about human design. And I text your sister like, why did you tell me Amina does this? <laughs> and I, I think actually what I said was, did you tell me Amina does this? That's and she hilarious. was like, probably not. And I was like, girl. And so I was super excited because I know who you are. Right. And I trust you, but also to see a black woman yeah. talking about human design was refreshing. And it also just made me feel like instantly safe and like, okay, I can yeah. schedule time with Amina and whatever she shares with me, I can trust. So, so yeah. So thank you. So tell us what is human design? Yeah, absolutely. So human design is a newer modality that uses the combination or the synthesis of older technology, right? 
So it combines Eastern and Western astrology, the Jewish Kabbalah, uh, the Tree of Life, um, also the Chinese I Ching and the Hindu chakra system. And so all four of these things come together in this incredibly powerful way in order to show each and every individual their strengths, their weaknesses, their blind spots, their purpose, their areas of trigger and fear, their areas of, of extreme gifts and exceptionality. And when you're looking at your design or encountering your design, you're really able to see yourself in the fullest way, in the fullest expression of you. And so I fell in love pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I feel like that's a good description because it was one of the first modalities where I actually did see myself and yeah. didn't feel judged for yeah. who I am. Right. And so I found human design around a time when I had just had like my first panic attack. Well, it wasn't my first, but it was the first time I was able to name it as a panic attack. And it was, so it was around that time, um, a good friend of mine had sent me some podcast episodes around, um, around what human design was, went and took a little quiz and what I read or what I took away from it was that my design, I am meant to master things and move on. And I was like, oh my gosh, Am I designed to move on? I'm designed to try new things. And, and it was different from any other modality that said, or I should say I was experienced as, or what I took from it was that I was flaky, that I couldn't commit, that you need to sit down and stick to one thing. Yeah. And for me, that's been really helpful as like a new entrepreneur to know, like, it's okay for me to change my mind. And so can you speak to that? Can you speak to, like, as someone who practices human design and you're an entrepreneur, how can human design support particularly Black women in stepping into entrepreneurship, whether it's full-time or as a side hustle, but how can human design support? Right. Yeah, great. Like, so many great things that you've said I even was led to like go back to your chart to remind myself of like the brilliance right so as a black woman stepping into entrepreneurship as a person period but specifically for black women there's a place in where a place in which we actually look at what are those around us doing right like we're looking on Instagram we're listening to you know our friends in our friend group we are you know, tapping into the latest episode of whatever and like, oh, she's doing this. You know, I've always wanted to do this kind of thing. So let me add this as an additional offering in my work or whatever. <laughs> let me, let me, you know, scratch everything I've been doing for the last two years and like jump into this thing. And with our design, we're able to see down to like the bare bones, like of what really makes us tick what really lights us up and explore that route. Like there's a place I think you might remember in the chart that speaks to your strength as a strategist, 
right? Like specifically strategy is your jam. You come to Kristen for strategy. And my experience of you, as well as your chart, says that that lights you up from the inside out, being able to support people in that way. And so it's just really powerful to actually like stop wasting time. We're like spinning our wheels, like trying to recreate wheels that are not ours. And if we can stay in our lane and actually discover the lane, because if you've Ooh. been pretending you've been, you know, to yeah. be somebody else, you know, and follow somebody else's approach or somebody else's design, like what is actually yours? Ooh, you just said something. Because even just thinking about like all of the noise that you hear, yeah. I mean, just in life, but as an entrepreneur and like when I think we had our reading in June of this year, I want to say it was June. And I have continued to listen to the recording. <laughs> As you should. I've continued to listen to the recording <laughs> and I pick up something new every time. But even going back to the piece around strategy, right? That's what I'm supposed to be doing. I got caught up in, you know, there are people who are like, oh, you can't do strategy out the gate. You can't, you can't package up strategy without X number of years of experience. When the reality is, when I lean into strategy, yeah, the ideas and the strategy that people have walked away from in meetings and whether in whether formally as my client or even just my friends, like these ideas that I've been giving them over the years. I had one friend, I've been telling her what to do in her business for years. Okay, years. And she didn't listen and it's fine, right? Like you take it, you leave it, whatever. A couple of months ago, I found out that she paid $4,000 for a coach. And as she comes back and is telling me what the things her coach is telling her, I'm like, I told you this stuff like two, three years ago <laughs> for yeah. free, you know? Yeah. And, and so it it's, it's taken moments like that for me to have that like confirmation, right? You knew, you know what you're good at. Like, I know what I'm good at. Not that I need the validation for it, right? And yet, just because the world may say you need X number of years of experience or you need to have done X, Y, and Z to be a strategist, it doesn't make it true. Right. Yeah. It doesn't and make it's... it true. It's actually not true. I don't want to say not true at all, but it's really not true. And I think there's so many ways that institutions have done the world a disservice where you think that you can't step out into your own gifts, right? Like you have to have this degree, you have to have this certification or whatever. And the reality is, especially like there's so many aspects of your chart specifically that like you're you've been in this position since like teenage years you've always done this work i'm very very clear like i don't did not need to know you your whole life to know yeah. who you've been forever so yeah your chart yeah. says it all of <laughs> it it does can you give like a brief overview of the different sure so there are five different aura types in human design um the 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 largest group are what are called generators. I'm a generator. We make up 37% of the population. We're here to bring creativity and get stuff done, right? And then you've got 
you as a manifesting generator, which is a type of generator. So sometimes these are put together, but there are distinct differences. Manifesting generators make up 33% of the population and they have the additional wiring to really work in a sustained fashion when they are in alignment with and in love what they're, with what they're doing. Also, you know, when you were speaking earlier about trying on the different things, there's an aspect of manifesting generators that, you know, might pick up this project in the midst of this, you know, three month project and they're doing this or they're doing this small thing on the side. There's a need to use and expend that energy. And so always busy, lots of energy. The next largest is, are the projectors. Projectors are 20% of the population. They are the seers of the world. They are really here to peer one-on-one into the hearts and the souls of those they encounter and provide very crucial, important information for everyone that they meet that desires that information. And not everybody's ready for the projector's attention and projectors get to value themselves and understand that they're not meant to share all of their insights with every single person they encounter and they get to be selective in charge with their worth and we all do but you know projectors often are trying to give so much of themselves just so they can be seen when if they just held on to their valuable gifts and allowed others to come to them then they would feel so much more in alignment with, with who they are then there are the manifestors manifestors are nine percent of the population they are the ones that are here to really move in a way that is completely, you know, it completely embodying their own autonomy. They are meant to step out in a way that says, I've decided to do this thing and I'm just gonna do it. Like really just whatever it is that they want to bring to the world in a moment, they'll get like a specific hit of energy that'll come through them. And like, I wanna, you know, I wanna create this thing. And they have the insight and the capacity to create the thing. The one um, area that they can get stuck is where they think that they're meant to do it alone, when essence they're supposed to invite others in for support and build it together, or just leave the vision and they go do something else and everybody else builds that vision. And then last are the reflectors, the 1% of the population who are really here to be the mirrors for each and every one of us. Um, they're really not meant to do a lot as far as um, like a nine to five is not their thing. They really need uh, to continue working as coaches because many of them are coaches, um, counselors, being spaces of support as long as it feels good to them. Their job is really to give back to the world that which they are, they are receiving. So really unique gift. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even just in the brief overview, you can see how knowing your design, right? How you're designed to live would support you in creating ease in your life and business. Yeah. So that's my question for you. How do so I mean I experience you as someone who's like super chill. 
right? So even though I know, I know there's a side of you that has a lot of energy. I mean, I have done Zumba with you, right? Like I have seen your classes, right? I know, I know like the energy that you bring, but I, I have never seen you frazzled, rattled. You always bring of a sense of calm. Yeah. So the design piece is huge. And before the design was me acknowledging my spiritual gifts, actually understanding that as a coach, I'd spent all of these years really coaching people in what in powerful ways. Like I'm not even going to sell myself short. And also I would be in sessions and I would see things and I would hear things and I would not bring it in because, you know, like there's no context for it, right? This is a straight traditional coaching session. And one day I just had the experience where source, the universe, God was like, you're getting the results. Like your people are getting these results that you're not really happy about at the end of the day, because they're coming back with similar challenges. Like they coach them on a Thursday and they're flying through the roof and they're leaving excited about things and then I see them two weeks later and they're you know I couldn't do it or you know I did have I met half of the goal and I realized that I was not a general frustration around wanting to support and like seeing people live their best lives and they would come back and you know was still you know similar issues and I realized that I was not sharing all of me and that there was more to give. And in coaching, we really look forward in the present and the future versus going back and examining the why. And the why for me is important. It's just part of my nature. The why is very important. And so with human design, adding that in, we have a why, right? We can spend so much time in our heads like, with doubt, confusion, shame, like questioning, like I keep falling back into this pattern. And until you have something to point at, you're going to say something's wrong with me. And every single thing in your chart, understanding why that is, why it's happening the way that it's happening creates ease. Back to your question, creates ease. And so when I understood my whys, I was able to say, oh, I'm literally designed to not do anything I don't feel like doing, which is very different, which is very different from you. You have a wiring that says I can do based off of, you know, who I, who I know myself to be. I can do based off of this is a creative idea that I have. Let me create it. And you can just create. I literally am designed that I, I, I won't do it. I can't do it until I feel led to do it. And it's so important for me because, like, it's a wave. The wave says, oh, not today, Amina. <laughs> <laughs> and I get to build a business that respects it, right? It's not always going to be what I allow myself to do every day because I get to feed my family. But when I'm talking about the sustainable business that I deserve to have, I get to have the ease that I'm designed for. And that is like, ah, I love to show up for my mastermind groups. I love to show up for my events. 
right? And feeling into the pleasure of serving others. I love that. Going back to like the noise, I'm specifically talking about in the online business space because there's a lot of it about what you should be doing. We should, you should start one-on-one coaching. Oh no, you should be group coaching. Oh no, you need to be service-based. You know, there's a lot out there that was not, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, like for this business that I have now, the online space was not as busy when I had my first health coaching practice like 10 years ago. Yeah. So there is a lot of noise. And what I hear you saying is being tuned in with what your design is allows you to block some of that out. And, you know, one of the things that you talked about in my reading and it continues to come up was around sitting with myself or meditation. I'm be honest, when your sister did my Enneagram, she said the same thing about meditation. It's crazy because I don't I don't know a ton of people who grew up in a home with a parent that meditated on a regular basis, my dad. I in high school I took kung fu. And yes. we meditated right at the start and end of every class. Yeah. And so I grew up with a regular practice of meditation. And as I've gotten older, I've just gotten away from it. Right. And so it keeps coming up around girls, sit down, meditate, listen to in human design, we would say your sacral. Yeah. Right. And literally my birthday was last week. My birthday was last week. I got a call from my uncle and I'm going to have to tell you about this conversation offline with my (laughs) uncle. He is, he's been into metaphysics since like forever. Okay. So, but he said to me at the end of our conversation on my birthday, which I also want to point out, he never calls me on my birthday. Okay. He's always late. It's like (laughs) never on time. And so this was a big deal, right? He called me on time on my birthday and we talked for hours, which is rare. And he said a lot. And I'm going to tell you about this conversation because you're going to be like blown away. But at the end, he said, you need to meditate more. He's like, I know you're busy with your boys. I know you have a lot going on and have literally no noise. (laughs) And I was like, Another one, another person go tell me that I got to meditate, you know? And so I, and I, I, I thought about that just about my upbringing and how this has been something that has shown up over and over and over again, before I had the language of human design, before I had the language of listening to my sacral responding to, you know, you can't respond if you can't listen, (laughs) you know? And so I, that, that is something that I am working on, even with my children. We have a book called The Moody Cow Meditates. And at the end of the book, we, make, we made this jar that we call them their Moody Cow jars. But it's basically like water and glycerin and glitter. We shake it up when they're in a mood and then sit it down. And they just have to sit there until the glitter all settles at the bottom. So that's how they're like learning to Ooh. meditate. And so now we're starting to do it in the mornings together when we first wake up. So let's get your moody cow jar and let's shake, 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 knowing how powerful sitting in silence can be and meditating specifically for me, but also just watching how it impacts my children. I'm trying to incorporate it into a regular part of our lives and our day. 
and even just starting with them, it help, helps hold me accountable of like the boys know that this is what we're going to do every morning and how do I get good at modeling this for them? So it's forcing me to sit down even at the end of the day and say, oh, it's time to go to bed. Let me give myself five minutes to just sit in silence. Yeah, that's so good. I love that. I might need my own jar. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, can I add more glitter to my moody cow jar? And I'm like, sure. You know, they want to change the colors and it's cute. It's cute. I can only take them as far as I'm willing to go. Yes. As a parent. Yes. I mean, and you know that as a coach, <laughs> you can only take your clients as far as you're yeah. willing to go. Absolutely. So, you, you said something and you said, we all have spiritual gifts, whether we can name them or not. And I think that's really important. Um, as someone who I, I come from a long line of pastors and preachers and in many ways, at least in my experience, religion has disconnected us from the spiritual in some ways. Yeah. In many ways. And so when you talk about, excuse me, when you talk about spiritual gifts, I remember being in church and being told that we have spiritual gifts, right? But they were very, you have the spirit of discernment. You have the spirit <laughs> of, you know, <laughs> there was like a list. It's one of these, right? If you have them, yeah. right? And so when you talk about spiritual gifts and whether we can name them or not, I imagine that human design can also help us tap into those. But can you speak to that? Can you speak to the fact, one, the, the fact that we do all have spiritual gifts, but really just even allowing yourself and I'm saying for black and brown people who have grown up on the front pew, who have, who might feel disconnected. Because the reality is our generation is moving away from the church for a number of reasons. When we look at right. what church looks like now versus what it looked like when we were growing up or how we experience our relationship with God, it looks very different now. The things that I am exploring and practicing are not things that were, was allowed for the, gener the generation before me. And so can you speak to that, just even about exploring spiritual gifts or acknowledging that we have them and how we can explore when for so long we've been taught not to? Yeah, absolutely. And so many beautiful things that you're saying. So the first thing I'll say is that it's if you have been estranged from your gifts or disconnected from your gifts, I would say the easiest place to start is actually with your design. Your spiritual gifts are like literally in your chart. There are channels, gates, centers, even that have these gifts associated and attached to them. And the ways in which we're meant to use them are so unique until you know the full picture you're going to miss that this was even a gift to begin with. Some of these things we've been doing our whole entire lives and never understood the deeper spiritual purpose. Like for me, I literally was seven when I first remember seeing things and knowing things in advance, right? And 
it wasn't until a couple years ago where I had that epiphany of like, oh shit, <laughs> this is for someone else. <laughs> Why don't you say something, right? Not just to help, you know, guide me safely in my journey or whatever, or know when a boyfriend is cheating. Like it's really <laughs> deeper than that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, knowing that part of that's part of your chart gives you that foundation of like, yeah, so I'm supposed to, um, yeah, the, those moments in my life where I was able to know things before they happened, where I heard grandma's voice, right? And nobody was there and she'd passed however long ago. Like I'm actually supposed to acknowledge that. And by me acknowledging it, I'm bringing that energy in as a yes into my spirit. And the universe, God is like, yeah, Okay, she's ready for more. Here you go. And there's, you know, been so much of, you know, media and ways in which like, oh, I'm afraid that I'm going to start seeing dead people and this, that, and the other. That's a very small percentage of people that have that. And most of the time, we're never given more than what we can handle. And so you're able to actually ask. Yeah, I remember I used to see things and hear things when I was 12. I would love to have that gift back again. Turn, turn up the volume, God. Turn up the volume on that. And the request is always answered. It's always there. We just simply have to acknowledge it and 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 be with it in a way that's really powerful. I um I have a course on on my own private app that I started last year called Soul Crafted Spirit that is focused on exploration and guided meditation. So we all can develop our own individual spirituality, not this prescription that we think, you know, that we need to follow in order to, you know, achieve whatever. It really is, what is your soul saying? And how can you create a spiritual practice that's true to you based off of that? And so, that's one of those key pieces is acknowledgement and bringing it in and looking at what's there and being curious about what's what what else is possible. So, And that's really powerful, Amina, because, you know, the way we do one thing is the way we do everything. Right. And so even when I hear you say, like, moving away from this prescriptive way of spirituality, well, the prescriptive way we into relationships, the prescriptive way we try to run our businesses. It's there is no one one right way to do things. Yeah. It's really about find figuring out what works for you. And what's so powerful, and I'm going going back to the meditation piece, is if we can sit still long enough and get be uncomfortable. Being sitting in stillness is uncomfortable. Being with myself at times can be uncomfortable. And when, even when I, and I'm still doing the work to unpack that, right? Whether it's from diet culture and literally trying to suppress my feelings of hunger, right? Yeah. And yeah. for the, for it to have a prescriptive look, right? I can take it back to the church and purity culture and denying myself of what felt good in my body to be prescriptive, right? And so like unlearning all of that 
stuff. Those are just two examples, right? But unlearning all of that stuff to be comfortable enough to one, actually listen to what it is that I desire, what it is that I need or what works for me. And then allowing myself to sit long enough through my discomfort to get to the other side. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's like exciting. It, it is It is exciting, right? It is exciting because you know, even in learning how to process and sit with my feelings, even though it is really uncomfortable, ignoring feelings doesn't make them go away. <laughs> they just keep coming back up. And then when you learn like, oh, if I just sit with this and let this shit pass through, then it will be gone and we can move on. <laughs> right? But it it's just taken a while, at least for me, to get there, to get there. Oh, is there anything else you want to share about uh, what you do as a life coach, human design, as a psychic and um, intuitive? Is there anything else you want to share about how you support or how you have um, built a business that works for you? Yeah, so I think one of the, you know, I kind of alluded to, and we've talked about it, a bit, but I want to pinpoint how, as entrepreneurs, we're able to look and understand who we are and what we really want and what we actually want to do and move in a way that feels good, that takes some of the scary out of entrepreneurship. And I think that's a place that's super important to like land on is that as entrepreneurs, we hear aloneness, right? Like do it by yourself and we can be entrepreneurs and have our individual businesses and never be alone. We, you know, I'll just speak from my work. We're a community. And part of that eight week, uh, the beginning eight weeks of our time together in my mastermind and group coaching group is to build, or if you already have a business, to examine your business and examine yourself and create padding safety around it that sees you and honors you. Like I have women who've been in business for a while who've said, I fucking hate marketing. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> great. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear you say that. Cause actually in your chart, you should hate marketing. <laughs> Right. And so what, what does it look like to like not have to show up on social media every day, but still get the clients that you need and deserve? What does it look like to um, examine what triggers you right in a real, real way and say, when I engage in this practice every single day, because I'm supposed to, it actually causes harm. And so how do we create a business that is sustainable, that moves you out of constant trigger and harm and you get to celebrate it and you get to enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, no, that's, that's, that's really good, Amina. And I'm, I'm thinking back to a mentorship and coaching program that I went through and it was designed around healing my relationship with food and body image. But one of the things that they talked about is how suffering occurs in silence. How, whether it's diet culture, hustle culture, 
whatever it is, dominant culture, right? And because we all play a role in it, how we're able to live these prescriptive lives in silos and in silence when we're separated and we're separate and apart. And, you know, even in working with Black women, particularly, you know, there's a whole belief around, I should be able to do this myself. I, I can't take that off my plate. I can't give that to somebody else. I'm supposed to be able to do it. And sometimes it's even because we saw our mothers do it. Yeah. Or we made up a story that other women, the generation before us was doing it by themselves. Yeah. And so when you talk about community, it's vital. We, we can't shift how we're doing things as a, like we're, we're a community, whether we're sitting by ourselves or not, right? Yes. Yes. And so we can't shift. Black women didn't all get to burn out. <laughs> And, you know, by coincidence, right? Yeah. It's not, it didn't just happen, right? And there's there's like a collective story there. And we can't unlearn the story or shift the narrative outside of community. And so that's so important to lean in, lean into community. So thank you. Thank you for creating community and like a safe space to have those conversations and do that unlearning. Absolutely. Okay. So tell us, tell me where people can find you and how they can sign up for Soul Blueprint Live. Sure. Absolutely. So the easiest way to find me would be my Instagram. It's Amina underscore Asante. And, um, a-M-E-E-N-A-H underscore A-S-A-N-T-E. And from there, you're able to access my um, my website and the additional handle of soul.theshecollective.com is my web. My website is theshecollective.com and the soul.theshecollective.com is my page for the event where you can find uh, the three-day virtual event, Soul Blueprint Live. And she is actually spelled S-H-I. It's Japanese, um, but also phonetically she as in us. <laughs> yes, so. I love it. And I'll make sure to include all, we're going to include all of that in the show notes too, so people can find you. Thank you, Amina. Yeah. I I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you like what you hear, please leave me a five-star review and share with a friend. I hope to see you back here next week for another episode. And until then, at ease.